longtime friends who bonded over one of the biggest forms of entertainment in the 90s have come back together to answer the common question. You still watch wrestling? Welcome, wrestling fans. It is two friends coming back together once again to answer the common question that we hear oh so often. You still watch wrestling? Yes. Yes, I do. Welcome back. This is former, maybe potentially future once again, independent ring announcer Sean Beckerman, a fellow wrestling fan for oh, going on four decades along with my best friend and who was a fellow wrestling fan, but now you can call him a lapsed fan, Mr. Lapsed. Mike Wartenby. Hello, Sean. Yes, Good to we're be back. back on the podcast. Yeah. Episode five. Uh, and this one is a surprising one because I didn't think, and I'm so excited for this podcast because. I've been looking forward to things, all week. I've been yeah, looking forward to like, I wanted to go online and look for, look up stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm oh, going to wait. Do it. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I thought, you know, he wanted to know about John Cena, of course, right? Yeah, I do. But Shawn not, Michaels' but... return, yeah, no. you know, what happened with Triple H throughout the years, you know, yeah, what no. happened with a lot of attitude. But there's some people that I didn't think you'd be interested in, and this is one of them. And I didn't think we'd be doing, at least this quickly in the podcast, an episode right. on JBL, Bradshaw, John Bradshaw Layfield. Well, because when, when I watched, yeah. it was only, he was only Bradshaw. He was, he was part of the APA. And he was just Bradshaw with Farouk. That's all I know him. He was just like a side character. He wasn't a main guy. He wasn't like a, a showstopper or, or even like a you know a, a, a final a final match guy. He was just Bradshaw. Yeah. So you know uh, behind the scenes stuff for right, right now. We didn't plan for this episode. You know it wound up that you know last week we we covered WrestleMania 20, and I discussed JBL. You know. Right. Uh, at WrestleMania 20, and it, it it brought up interest in you, Mike, that you wanted to hear about yeah. what happened yeah. with Bradshaw. So, like, how did he get to where he went? Like, he, yeah, he went where he went, and I want to know how he got there. Yeah. So, this episode, we talk about the self proclaimed wrestling god known <laughs> as JBL. Don't forget to follow us socially, connect to us on Instagram at you still watch wrestling podcast, as well as on Twitter at still wrestling, send us direct mail at you still watch wrestling at gmail.com. You can also download our podcast on Apple music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere that you find your podcast. We're there to answer the common question, Mike, you still watch wrestling. So we'll start off Mike with when you last saw him, he was with the APA, right? So right, yes. like I mentioned, um, shortly after WrestleMania, the one we covered back at WrestleMania, uh, after WrestleMania 18, when we, you know, the last one we went, we went, the last major event we saw together, um, Farouk and Bradshaw split as the WWE entered the draft. You know, they just did Raw and SmackDown. Right. So technically Bradshaw was drafted to Raw and Farouk was drafted to SmackDown. Um, and... Farouk turned into Ron Simmons. You know, he went back to his, his original name. name is Ron Simmons. Yes. Yeah. So Bradshaw went over to Raw and uh, his gimmick had an increased emphasis on his Texas roots, you know, kind of like a Stan Hansen, if you recall him, you know, that type of Texan cowboy 
type of character. So, um, you know, included him even carrying a cowbell to the ring. When he first debuted, he debuted as Justin Hawk Bradshaw, carried a cowbell, you know, he had lighter hair, you know, he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And then when he became with the Acolytes, he just was known as Bradshaw. They cut off the Justin Hawk. So they kind of went back to that type of similar character, that Texas roots. And um, he became hardcore champion at the time. Um, he joined the hardcore division He deb- after debuting on Raw. Um, and then he renamed the title as the Texas Hardcore Championship. <laughs> um, he won the hardcore championship 17 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was when it was 24-7. That's got to be a record. That has to be a record, yeah. right? No, R-Truth now for the 24-7 title, yeah. which is very similar to the hardcore title. You can pin anywhere. Anything goes 24 7 the title's on the line okay he's wrong killings are truth he's won it like 34 35 times you know oh, it's, it's wow. okay. you know it's one of those anything goes it was a different element to the show so um at the time his finishing move you know what we now know as the clothesline from hell um it was it was changed from that to the clothesline from texas so, or the text or the clothesline from the deep heart of Texas, like um, Jim Ross often called the move, you know, as, as the deep heart of Texas or the, you know, the, the clothesline. I like that. I like Texas. that. Clothesline so, from yeah. the deep heart of Texas. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that. So in the hardcore division, Bradshaw feuded and exchanged the title with, uh, you know, Stevie Richards. Remember him from ECW. Yep. Sean yep. Stasiak was from WCW Raven. Christopher Nowinski, who was a part of the first ever Tough Enough. Uh, big show. Just incredible, Johnny Stamboli, Crash Holly, Jeff Hardy, Tommy Dreamer, plus a bunch of others. Right. Then he won, uh, and then well, then the title was unified with the Intercontinental title um, by Rob Van Dam back in August of 2002. Then the following month, uh, JB or I'll call him Bradshaw because we're still Bradshaw this time. Yeah. Suffered he suffered a torn left biceps at a house show. So he was out of action for six months until debut until returning to Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was WWE's developmental system at the time before NXT. Um, and then a few weeks, and a few weeks later, he returned to the active roster. Um, six. He was out for six months after. Yes. So wow. yeah. So I want to give you a little clip of two people. You know, we mentioned Mighty Molly and the Hurricane. The Hurricane, right. which hurricane. was the superhero character, right? Yep. And Mighty mm-hmm. Molly, you see down there, that was his sidekick, yep. Molly, Mighty Molly, who was actually in the Royal Rumble this past year. You know, she competed as Mighty Molly. That's um, awesome. But you see, this was Bradshaw before, you know, when he was turning into embracing the singles roots, you know, right. and then eventually turning into the um, Texas character. To speak, you know, this is right before he, t- he he did that, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I, I, I might remember this match where he fought the hurricane. I remember that. Yeah. I think I remember that match. So it, Bradshaw came back. He returned on an episode of SmackDown in 2003, in which saw him and his old friend Farouk saving the Undertaker from the hands of Chuck Palumbo and Johnny Stamboli. They were known as the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. Um, <laughs> so Bradshaw returned with a new look by cutting his long hair. He had short hair. But fans, I'll give you a behind the scenes as well. Mike wanted to know so much about JBL right away that we played a little clip. What I did last week is played him a little clip of how Bradshaw came to be JBL. And he saw that long black hair was cut off and it yeah, was totally the shorter guy. hair. Yeah. Um, 
his new look would only be referenced once when in a, in a segment that was scripted, Farouk asked him directly about it. Uh, then Bradshaw insisted that he had already told the story to Farouk, who rejected the claim, saying, you know, you never told me. It's kind of creating tension, you know. Right. In a way, the plan in the character Bradshaw's mind was, I'm going to prepare myself for outside of being Bradshaw. I am a money guy. I'm on Fox News because at the time he wrote a book, How to Make Money. Wow. And it, in the stock market. So it, it was a, a, a top selling book. And he started making tons of money realistically in the stock market. Re- in real life, he actually was. Yes, it wasn't in real part life. of like yeah. the, 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 yeah. the skit. He really actually was yeah. making money. Yes. What's the name of his, do you know the name of his book? Yeah, How to Make More Money, I think. Uh, let me look it up. Wow. Bradshaw. Make- He's on the cover. The initial cover had him and the cowboy had more money now. That was the book. It's, it's actually, it's, it's still on Amazon, Kindle 1199, paperback 1578. This see they rebranded it with his short hair and the jbl look when the, right. when the book first came out it was him with the old jbl look the long black hair the goatee right. the more rougher working. professional worked, right? look. Yeah. yeah so you know he was he was on fox news you know um and he was starting to get more publicity outside of wrestling and known for his acumen financially um huh. yeah so there was the, the dual return as APA between 2003 and 2004. Um, at Vengeance, Bradshaw won a barroom brawl, uh, which featured Farouk and a variety of other stars that were in the mid-card. Um, the duo wrestled tag teams such as the Basham Brothers, the team that was like an SM tag team <laughs> at No Mercy, the world's greatest tag team. We discussed Team Angle, Charlie Haas mm-hmm. and Shelton Benjamin. Um, then we mentioned at WrestleMania 20, they unsuccessfully challenged for the WWE tag team titles. And that's when we mentioned JBL and that's what got right. you interested mm-hmm. in hearing more about him. Then this led to the separation where they had a matchup against uh, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati, known as too cool, that right. incarnation of too cool. And Paul Heyman, who was dealing with a separate issue said that if they don't win the tag team titles, they have to split up. Oh, right. Like a stipulation. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So they say, or basically saying you're fired, you're fired. So they wound up not winning the match. And I'm then fired. they both come to the back and they're, they're both talking to Heyman saying, you can't fire us. And Heyman says, I didn't say I was going to fire you both. Oh. And he said to Farouk, you're fired. And then Farouk says, come on, man, let's go. You know, and Damn. that's when right. the JBL character, I think, was born. Okay. So, he showed some apprehension and, and Farouk was looking at him saying, after all these years, after our friendship, all the car rides. And he said, you know, I have a portfolio. I have to make money. You know, I, I, I'm a well-renowned financial institution, you, were, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you don't understand. This is going to affect my portfolio that the JBL <laughs> characters came about, uh, came about. And therefore that's separated and split up. Uh, Farouk, who became Ron Simmons, you know, um, and at the time, WWE stopped around this time, WWE stopped using Ron Simmons as an on, on air performer. And they decided to, what they hoped to do with Bradshaw on Raw as one of the top stars before he got injured, that was the plan to have him one of the top single stars as the Texas character. Instead, right. now he was on SmackDown, and you saw that they were reinvesting him, rebranding him as JBL. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we had the debut of John Bradshaw Layfield. Please. Brand new theme song, which you heard for the first time. Right, it's kind of it's kind of a catchy song. I like it. It was fantastic. I loved it. I played it over and over again. Right. 
So I play, we played you the clip of how JBL came to be. And now what I want to play you, this is uh, uh, a clip called WWE SmackDown 2004, Bradshaw becomes JBL. And I want to play this so you can hear the promo of him turning from Bradshaw to JBL. So here we go, Mike. I want to hear your reactions from this. All right. Listen, I'll explain to you what happened last week. Because I really feel that I was horribly, horribly misunderstood. So clean cut right now. Oh, come on. It was complete opposite, you know, a shadow of his former character. Yeah. Wearing a suit. He came in a kelbell and chaps, you know, and, you know, from the black hat to the white hat. Right. To me, I felt like it was the modern day million dollar man. Yeah. With a, like an oil tycoon vibe. Right. You didn't realize how good he was in the microphone till I think this moment, at least for me. I was like, man, he's good. I knew this was my chance to make sure that the APA stayed in business. But I'm not going to do that. Because people probably like the APA. Oh, they love the APA. And we'll talk about it, you know, shortly. You know, they came back together for reunions, you know, and they're a Hall of Fame worthy tag team by themselves together, not just by themselves. I appreciate years and years of friendship. But I've got a portfolio that has beat the stock market seven out of the last seven years. That is phenomenal. I've got a financial book by Shaman and Schuster out. And I'm See, that's the original cover right of the book with him with the black oh, hat. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. Totally different looking, man. He had a radio show. We're he's still on Fox News. You know, he's. He was the guru, like you said. They turned his real life into a character. Yes. So, like we said, his 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 finisher was the clothesline from hell initially. Then it was the clothesline from Texas. Right. You know, then clothesline from the heart of Texas. Right. Then it was rebranded the the, the clothesline from Wall Street. <laughs> He's getting the crowd to hate him. Yeah. You people would have done the same thing. You see, it's time that you people. See, if he said, he said, if you were in my shoes, which you're not. It's time you start listening to a guy like Prince Machiavella. Who will tell you that there is no wrong and there is no right in society? A unique promo, you know, not just someone barking going to beat you up. No, an intelligent promo. Yeah. Which you're right. Like the million dollar man kind of did promos like this. Yes. You know. People that run businesses. People like me are people that run industries. People like me. You gotta hate this guy, right? Because it's the antithesis of 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 what you know. You do the rich guy throwing his money at you right. making you show you how much like better he is yeah. than you are right yeah. stock about two weeks ago before 
guys from Scared to Market, and I made a hell of a lot of money. So what year is this? Sold out chance right 2003, now. you said? 2004, episode of SmackDown. Yeah, so 03 to 04 was the last APA run. And then this point, 04 to 05, was when JBL was created, and it was the run of JBL. Than anybody else around me. That is why I have always been considered an impact player. My picture hangs in my old high school. My picture <laughs> hangs in my old college. Look it up. It's a matter of history. I don't have to pad my resume. Normal people are astounded by my resume because normal people, normal people. never let their dreams See, normal people. He's not normal people. He's, he's above that. He's not normal people, right? And this would develop into the wrestling god. That's what he would say. Wow. And I have never failed. I have succeeded in everything but one thing, and that is wrestling. Because I thought it was more important to have a good time, to drink beer, to play cards. See, he's saying about his old character. Right. I'm to tell you something that's good and fine, but that ain't got me jack. So something's fixing to happen around here. So he's saying being the, the guy getting paid to beat up people, drinking beer. Right, that's what the APA money. was, right? The protection yeah. agency, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what made him money. You know, this this tycoon character. I, I loved it. Because I'm an old school wrestling fan. I like those characters. I'm, I'm in on it. I'm all yeah, about not it right the corny now. characters, but this is him. Right. Ramped up by 100. It's about to pick up. Business is about to pick up. So look, JBL was created, him, right? Yep, JBL's created. Bradshaw's dead, and John Bradshaw Layfield is alive. Right. I like it. I liked it. Yeah. See, even Tess said I like the new yeah, Bradshaw. Yeah, I like the so, I like the new Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. So Bradshaw like now. Taz. Oh, you should listen to him in AEW. You know, yeah. like we said, he's just on AEW. So the first major feud leading up to JBL excelling is the feud between JBL and Eddie Guerrero. So it wound up that he started talking about promos about illegal immigrants, Texas and Mexico, the Mexican border, right? Oh, and it leads to who is the WWE champion at the time. We saw Eddie Guerrero beat Kurt Angle right. uh, at WrestleMania, retain the title. He was still WWE champion. People were hoping for Eddie Guerrero to have you know, a run with the championship. So this led to JBL making those comments about immigrants and then attacking Eddie Guerrero, you know, saying he's an immigrant, you know. So at the time, Kurt Angle wound up being the heel general general manager of SmackDown because he wound up getting injured and couldn't participate. This is one of his bouts where he had his neck issues started to rise up again. So he couldn't wrestle. So they made the general manager. Paul Heyman was out as the general manager of SmackDown. Kurt Angle was put in as the general manager of SmackDown to still keep him on TV and use his entertainment value. So the heel, Kurt Angle, set a match between Eddie Guerrero and JBL. It was a Texas bull rope match for the WWE Championship at the Great American Bash. This is one of the very few pay-per-view names that the the WWE took from WCW. Yeah. So we're going to play you the promo so you can see what led up to the match between Eddie Guerrero and JBL. This was a heated rivalry. Like he'd be in the south part of the country, you know, or yeah. areas where there'd be a high uh, 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 population of, of Spanish, Mexicans, et cetera. And he would rip into them, calling them immigrants. Really, a stuff I don't think you could do today. This really is still, is this stuff. still, would this be still considered the attitude error? 
this was past it. This is what past leading it. up to now what was known as the ruthless aggression era. Ruthless and we'll talk about how that era, was developed okay. when John, the John Cena episode. We'll really talk about that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I do want to know all about John Cena because yes, that well, that I think that's our I next episode it. is discussing the first two years of John Cena. First two right. or three years. You said there's like three different sets of John Cena, right? You said two or two or three sets of John Cena. Like there was multiple, but I mean, we'll discuss when he debuted. We'll we'll talk about it. Okay. But, okay. okay. But John Cena really launched this ruthless aggression era. So this gotcha. is what led up to Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. So they had a match at Judgment Day. Eddie Guerrero used the title as a disqualification. So JBL said, you can beat, you can't beat me. Right. So he got the name of stipulation. And it was the Great American Bash, JBL versus Eddie Guerrero. Latino Heat. Yes, and Eddie Guerrero was red hot. Fans loved him. Yeah, he I was remember. the underdog champion. They still so do the Great American Bash. Do they still do it? Or now no? it's moved to NXT. They they, okay. they stopped it for a long time, and now it's back on NXT. Um, so what happened in this match is um, the the title cannot change hands by DQ. Right. Uh, so Eddie retained the title at Judgment Day. So they developed this 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 bull rope match. So um, this was a pretty close match between the two. Hey, Gross stole his limo and decided yes. to just crash it. Yes. Banged up his ride. Because. Part I, I should go into this. this is perfect timing. JBL's entrance changed. Now he came out in a limo with the bullhorn, the horns. Oh, really? On, yeah, the That's steer cool. horns on the front hood. But he had the driver come out, open the door, and he come out and raise his hat to the crowd. <laughs> that was his new entrance. Well, maybe we'll play a clip of it for you. But that was his new entrance. He would come out, and the, the limo would drive out. He come out the limo. That's cool. So at first, we saw um, Eddie Guerrero win this match, Mike, and then actually Kurt Angle reversed the decision, and really? it wound up that JBL was awarded the championship. Be because Kurt Angle inv got involved, though? Well, I'll show you the end of the match. So, um, Kind of like a weird way to get it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this was big. No one, no one. I didn't think JBL was going to win. Because because um, didn't didn't um, Aguero just win the title not too long ago, right? Yeah, I mean, well, he won the title back right before WrestleMania and right. No Way Out against Brock. And then um, right now, I'm going to lower this. We're going to play a little recap for Mike and playing a video of summarizing the highlights of the Great American Bash 2004 of this matchup. You see him coming out of the limo, so. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero won it back in February. Won it, you know, kept it at WrestleMania, was feuding after WrestleMania. So this is now, you're talking Great American Bash, July time. Right. Um, the JBL character is born, and the feud started between the two. That's the new championship. It was known as the WWE Championship. It was the undisputed title when they combined the two with WCW and WWE. Then they created the World Heavyweight Championship, like I told you, on Raw. Right. And this title went to SmackDown. So they went back for this event for, to the Red, White, and Blue Ropes, like they did back in the 80s, you know, That's in cool. 90s, leading into the Attitude Era. 
Um, the whole object of this match is to reach all four corners of the ring, uh, all turnbuckles. You have to smack the top turnbuckle in all four corners. So to me, uh, the given, I thought either one or two ways can go. I didn't think Eddie was going to lose right away. I thought they would put, prolong this, but right. I thought either Eddie would win, you know, and not pin him because you don't have to pin. So therefore JBL doesn't look bad because he didn't get pinned. Right. Um, or JBL is going to win and not have to pin Eddie. So it doesn't make Eddie look bad, you know, but I really thought Eddie was, was going to pull this out, but the whole theme of JBL, Texas bull rope, that Texas side of him still, you know, his tights even changed. He used to wear the long tights in the APA. Right, he yeah. went back to the short tights with, that says JBL on the back. Um, it was a really great match between the two, Eddie Guerrero doing, doing the, the three amigos touching all the corners, you know, and, and it was really suspenseful, match between the two and they had a really this, great it, feud and this wasn't even a headliner though right it wasn't even the headliner well this was the headline for smackdown at the time they split up pay-per-views oh, smackdown right, had pay-per-views okay. raw had pay-per-views so this was a smackdown pay-per-view then they combined again and when they brought back the draft back in 2006 they had separate pay-per-views then they combined them again so now they're combined so they actually had separate pay-per-views for smackdown and separate pay-per-views yes. for- sometimes oh, to be both in the same month, they'd have a Raw pay-per-view and a SmackDown. So you see uh, right here, Eddie Guerrero won the title by claiming he hit all four turnbuckles. See right. the last one, he was jumping over JBL and claimed that he hit it, but Kurt saying he didn't touch it. He touched the back of JBL's back. Right, which that's what it looked like he did. Therefore, he's saying though JBL touched it before Eddie did. Therefore, giving the because JBL touched the turnbuckles as well as Eddie did. And then saying J- JBL hit the turnbuckle before Eddie. Therefore, your new WWE champion JBL. is John Bradshaw Layfield. Wow. So after claiming he wouldn't defend the title at SummerSlam, the, Undertag- the Undertaker challenged JBL for the title. So this is when he was, he was on SmackDown, the Undertaker. So around this time, JBL called, uh, hired uh, a, a wrestler named Orlando Jordan to help him <sighs> In title matches so it was kind of like his version of virgil with the million dollar right. man wow so i'm going to try and pull up so you can see and this was the start of what was known as jbl's cabinet known as or the cabinet the and cabinet? it was kind of his own stable yeah oh, cool. so um we'll go over right now playing a little clip of jbl the cabinet from 2004 get a glimpse of what the cabinet looked like so it was comprised of jbl of orlando jordan and jbl orlando jordan you see is on the left um and behind him are the basham brothers those are the ones that used to dress up like snm characters (laughs) but instead they were a part of his cabinet you know his chief of staff was orlando jordan the virgil character so that was his chief of staff so he turned into like the senator type of character you know like a politician right so it was kind of a tycoon into a politician therefore the cabinet so that was his that was the, his group. So JBL held the title for months and months. He didn't lose the title, you know. Um, he defeated Booker T to retain the title by hitting Booker in the face with the title. Um, he defeated Eddie Guerrero again. The Undertaker he defeated Booker T once again in a fatal four way match. Wow! It, it, he went. He ran. He, they let it. Top wow! Names. They let him beat like all these top names. He just let. Them, yeah. They let him beat him, all these yeah. guys. Yeah. So. His chief of staff um, was Orlando Jordan. Doug and Danny Basham were the co-secretaries of defense. 
Uh, but then eventually, uh, in 2005, I think June, June, I think June 16th, I have, um, they quit the cabinet and they disbanded because, like I told you, WWE groups don't last long. It's just, right. it's just natural. It happens. Um, the 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 female you see in the ring that was Amy Weber. She was his image consultant, JBL's image consultant. Um, so. JBL's luck continued on into early 2005, where he continued on as WWE champion at the Raw Rumble. He snuck past both the Big Show and Kurt Angle in a triple threat match. And when he pinned Kurt Angle after the clothesline from hell, um, he once again emerged with his title intact from WWE's first ever barbed wire steel cage match at No Way Out against the Big Show. Um, JBL won the match. Uh, when the big show chokeslammed JBL off the top rope through the ring. So it counted JBL touch the floor, even right, though it wasn't right. over the top, you know, so finding different ways to get through yeah. still champion. Wow. Um, so there, there was a, a, a big, a big segment for JBL was the celebration of excellence in which, you know, he and the cabinet celebrate the fact that he was the longest reigning WWE champion in 10 years. Um, the Big Show ruined the party, of course. Right. And there was a newly crowned number one contender at this time, and it was John Cena. The number one contender. Upstart. Yes, John Cena. Wow. Okay. Cool. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, John Cena was was really um, coming into his own. He had the we'll we'll discuss his gimmick in the next episode. He had yeah. the rap vanilla ice gimmick, you know, he continued that on and right. it led to a match at WrestleMania between JBL and John Cena. We'll play a clip of this. I'm sure we'll discuss this in our next episode and also be discussed in the WrestleMania 21 episode in which that right. match match took place. Um we'll we'll play the promo behind it and then we'll play the ending of the match. It was really the coronation. So is, this, is this episode I was going to say is this episode lifting up john cena now yes is that, is this 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 feud between jbl and john cena that's this is them raising up john cena to this day jbl will say he prepared john cena for the big time you know yeah, right. um, yeah. of course right that's yeah, okay yeah. I get it. we'll discuss it in more detail next week but part of wrestlemania 21's theme was or in two weeks i think wrestlemania goes hollywood was the theme because they were in california okay. so they decided to do parodies of movies like our other podcast. Let's all rewatch the movies. So they right. put the wrestlers in parody clips of movies. So the matches, sometimes to be in matches where they, where they would uh, be facing each other will be in the pro in the reenactment or others okay. will just be superstars just acting like other movie uh, scene, acting out other movie scenes. So I'm going to play you the promo between JBL and John Cena. This was in the spirit of a few good men. I have just one more question, Colonel. I need like this. Order. This is very cool. Orlando Jordan was not the This is before John Cena is an actor. And your orders were always followed. This is him as a wrestler I only. I only know John Cena as an actor. Yes. Big show in danger. Orlando is JBL. A threat to my opponent. I never said anything about Danny or Doug. That's not what you said. You said there'd be no one Look at your face. Right. I wish you guys could see his no face. Danger. He's smiling <laughs> right now. Said, is there any other type of danger? I recall what I said. I can have the court reporter read it back to you if you I want. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm some kind of child. JBL playing the Jack Nicholson right. character. Now I know we, how they can remake A Few Good Men. Right. <laughs> right. Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir. 
You made it clear just a moment ago. Your men never take matters. You're gonna love when I show you the other ones. Your men follow orders, or you lose the championship. So Orlando and Doug and Danny Basham should have stayed away from ringside. Am I right, Colonel? Snotty little I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. Enough, or I'll hold you in contempt. Did you? Is the coach? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to them. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world where I am the champion. And this championship must be guarded by my men at whatever cost. Who's going to help me defend it? This is great. You, Cena? Great, isn't I have it? a greater responsibility yeah. than you can possibly fathom. You weep for the big show, and you curse my men. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know that big shows lost while tragic probably saved this company and that my existence while grotesque and incomprehensible to you sells pay-per-views you don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties you want me to be champion at wrestlemania you need me to be champion wow we use words Great, wasn't like it fantastic yeah, is it, it is Majesty. Oh, Triple H does Braveheart. We use these words, great. the backbone yeah. of an event that is bigger yeah. than life. Whoever wrote this Kurt, is, is at great. WrestleMania right? 21 on April 3rd. This Kurt will Angle did when, Harry, when Harry met Sally. I you, have neither the time it. nor the inclination to explain myself to, to a you. man who wishes he were half the champion that I am and then questions the manner in which I defend it. I would just rather you say thank you and order the pay-per-view. Order Otherwise, the I suggest you lace up your boots and meet me in the ring. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the ringside interference? I did what I had. Did to you know. order the ringside? Did you order the ringside interference? Damn right I did. <laughs> Fantastic wow. writing, right? So that, that was, was great. Whoever wrote that, amazing. That was amazing writing right, right there. Yeah. Fantastic writing, right? So, and not only fantastic writing, that was fantastic acting. Yeah, like that. Oh. JBL was great, like con like convincing. It was great. Like you totally, I totally forgot he was a damn wrestler. Yeah, JBL is great at acting, but you saw John Cena before he's an actor. Now, I just watched Peacemaker, you know, the newest episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, he shows the the capability of the two. You yeah, know, shows John Cena's acting prowess. Look how Basically, young twenty years Look how before young he's an actor. Look how young John Cena is. Right, yeah. So this like was I WrestleMania said, 21. I've never seen John Cena wrestle. I know. That's why I'm we're going to go over, in parts, his career. Because We'll talk about that next career. time. But, yeah. but this is... So this was his homecoming in the world championship picture. Like I mentioned last week, he won the United States title, John Cena, by defeating the Big Show right. in the opening match. So it set the groundwork for him being a championship singles competitor. Gotcha. But you can see where John, where JBL can say that he he you know he groomed John Cena to be the champion because yes you know, he was the first and one JBL really set him up to yeah, be up. A, a star you know his thing was you can't see me you know it was like the rock yeah, to yeah. people's elbow right. Now who's who's the heel He's here? John sneakers. No, I remember. Is, JBL. C JBL's the heel. Yeah, this goes for goes for the clothesline from hell. Cena picks him up. This is his finishing move, known as the attitude adjustment. It was known as the FU. Right. 
John Cena's and first John Cena wins. WWE Championship. Was from this JBL. Yes, this ended a nine-month-long title reign for JBL, which would be gone on to be known for a long time. Not until recently, which Roman Reigns broke it, the longest right. reigning SmackDown champion. That's I, I can't I, I I can't believe that that he held it for nine months. Yes, and it was a long. It was a great title reign until until, yeah, until Roman time, Reigns broke it for years. Yeah. Wow. For years. And what what pay per view is this? WrestleMania 21, we'll discuss in two weeks. WrestleMania 21, got it. Yes. I'm just trying to remember all this stuff. I'm just trying to remember when it all happened. This is John Cena. You know, the fans you see there, he's on the peak. This is when he was in transition here of getting out of the thug character, of the vanilla ice character, and going into the motto of hustle, loyalty, respect. So he kind of turned into the modern day Hulk Hogan, in a way. Like, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know. Train to right. the Persian Yeah, a real, a real, a real baby face, a real good yes, guy. Yes, yeah. And in turn, it turned off a lot of those fans that loved him. That would like the cool rap guy. He yeah. was like, oh, the corny guy. That's you know for kids. Yeah, but he's you he know. was kind. Of, he play. I, I've seen promos. He is a kind of a cool pro. Like he is, he makes it cool. The the corniness of it, right? Yeah. So he's it, it, it worked. Yeah. So, um, following following WrestleMania, um. They had uh, it was a fatal four uh, four way elimination match um, with John Cena involved. There was an I quit match with JBL shouting I quit when Cena attempted to beat him with a lead pipe. You know it was so they had a rivalry post WrestleMania. Um, John Cena and JBL. Yeah. So after that point, John Cena was on his way. You know, he eventually migrated over to Raw, be the face of WWE because at the time Raw was the flagship show. You know, okay. SmackDown was bouncing around for networks, you know, still is the second ratio. Now, I think SmackDown is number one because it's on Fox. Okay. So I think it's main priority. Um, that's where they get the billions of dollars from is SmackDown. But from that, that point, wow, JBL kind of That's back. really hard to believe. Wow. That's, yeah, I didn't crazy, even think right? about that. Yeah, that's really hard yeah. to believe. So from 2005 to 2006, uh, he, w- he was in various feuds and became United States champion. So um, he, he appeared in June at the WWE promoted ECW one night stand. I was actually at this event. It was uh, WWE's brought back ECW. That it, that's a whole separate topic we'll talk about. Yeah, they yeah. had a uh, DVD release. It was when, right before documentaries were cool. It was okay. ECW one night or the rise and fall of ECW DVD. It talks about the history of ECW and how it fell. It wound up being the number one selling DVD of all time. People loved oh, it wow. and resurged in yeah, energy I of ECW. E- I loved ECW. I remember it was, you know, it was just nobody really knew about ECW. Yeah. And, uh, so it. it wound So you needed a bad guy. ECW was the cool the cool group. So you need a bad yeah. guy. So one of JBL was representing SmackDown. So they showed up at One Night Stand. Oh, wow. And JBL was in the audience. They had, and he would ridicule the ECW fans. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it while this is playing. Um, he was the anti-ECW crusader. You know, In the course of the night, he attacked the Blue Meanie and really punched them in, in a, a shoot style. Um, and it wound up that the Blue Meanie and him actually became friends afterwards. Sometimes JBL could be a little heated. He was known backstage as a bully. Oh, he really? would pick yeah. on people. Yeah, now he's different. Some people he think he's different. Had to. He was had to probably yeah. be like that. Um, 
You know, so it was ECW centered feud with one night stand and being the WWE guy hating ECW. Um, then JBL and Batista met in a match at the Great American Bash for the World Heavyweight Championship. He was put back in the world title picture. This time he was feuding with Batista because Batista was the World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, so Batista if you need was a World ba- Heavyweight Champion at one yeah. point. Yes, well, oh, wow. of course, he was multi-time champion, which we'll talk about. In Batista's Again, we got, I, yeah, like I said, I only knew to P- Batista as a. As yeah, an we're, we're piecing, as well. we're piecing this things is, together wow. here, right? This we'll is put it all such together. a cool. This is so cool. Yeah. So, if you need a heel to promote your new, because once John Cena was on Raw, they needed someone to be promoted and pushed on SmackDown. That was Batista. Batista became the new number one guy on on SmackDown since John Cena was out. And they um, used JBL to do that? To push, yes. To push so, yeah, JBL won the match by disqualification at the Great American Bash. Title doesn't change hands, so still prolonged the feud. Um, at SummerSlam, Batista defeated JBL in a rematch. And then JBL lost another rematch with Batista uh, in September on SmackDown in a Texas Bull Rope match. So they stretched out that feud, accelerating Batista at the same time. They like those, those Texas Bull Rope matches. It's the theme for JBL, right? Yeah, it's, it's so um, on September 16th on SmackDown, uh, JBL lost to Rey Mysterio, which was the beginning of a long feud with Rey that lasted almost eight months. So oh, wow. Eddie Guerrero passed away at this time. Okay. So JBL was very hurt, you know, was very hit by that. He was very close with Eddie. You know, he, he really appreciated what Eddie did for him in that feud. They want to be really close friends. Rey and Eddie were like brothers. So I think in spirit of Eddie, they, they extended that Eddie feud to Ray. So right. it was like wow. a, a extension of their feud. And it lasted for eight months um, wow. in which he hired Jillian Hall to fix his career. And the character of Jillian was kind of like Amy Weber, the style consultant. However, Jillian Hall had a big mole. They put an artificial mole on her face. So it's disgusting <laughs> to look at. It's probably a Vince McMahon idea, right? right yeah. So you can look at her. An image consultant with a big mole on her face. Right. Um, so JBL and Ray fought back and forth in matches and no mercy. JBL defeated Ray in a rematch um, in early 2006. JBL started a feud with the boogeyman. Do you know the boogeyman? I do not know the boogeyman. This doesn't deserve a full episode, but we'll take a moment. I'll take a moment. To discuss about the, boogeyman. the boogeyman. This was one of the most out there characters. Oh my goodness. Look at this guy. <laughs> in WWE. He would eat worms. Jeez, oh, is it like Papa Shango? Remember Papa Shango? Like, yeah, a mixture. Like, of, yeah, bit. yes. So I'll show you his first entrance. A very crazy character, the Boogeyman. And now this will extend our episodes, but these are the one-off characters that don't deserve full episodes. Yeah, but you got to see who you're missing. He will come out with a clock. You know, it was designed, they mentioned the boogeyman's coming, the boogeyman's right. coming. Right, times. And you're like, who's this character? Right. Yeah. He would smash the clock over the, his head. This is his first entrance, his debut entrance in WWE. So no one ever saw this before. This, this is your first. Yeah, this I want you to. This is my first to, time. I want to see your reaction. I've never seen this. He would change the entrance and he wanted to come out crawling instead of standing there. You couldn't see because the fog was too much. He would smack yeah. the clock over his head and cr- crack it. Jeez. And he'd jiggle around, you know. You're right. 
but my sons met him in an autograph signing a few years ago. He would eat worms, and he would eat them and then spit them in the in the in the opponent's mouth. Now this was at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. This was his last entrance. So you get it to see. He would crawl. I see it right. His hair's longer, right? No, he would wear a little uh, like wig. Oh, it was a wig. He would add different. He'd be released years prior, and he would just change his character up a little bit, add the, like these these little claws to it. Right. He's extended his character, you know, outside of WWE. Was the autograph oh, signings? Yeah. Okay. So he's not he's not involved with WWE anymore. No. Sometimes WWE will hire him during Halloween time to scare. He'll have him, they'll have him go to WWE corporate office, and have him scare employees. Oh jeez. Um. So he was like the he wanted being you know he would pop up. He it was a segment with Donald Trump. He would pop up and go, "I'm the boogeyman. I'm coming to get you." And Donald Trump would be like, "Get out of here!" Like you were you know. So this was two years ago. To 20, uh, almost three years ago, uh, 2019. Three See, the boogeyman's be scaring employees. These are employees of WWE that they would hire comes, just scare. They just hire him to yeah. come in and scare yeah. people. So, whenever there's reunions, you know, yeah. they have them come out. So, so that means he developed that character. WWE didn't invite him. Well, WWE created it, but he expanded upon it and made oh, it his okay. own in a way, you know. So, JBL did feud with the boogeyman. <laughs> really? Yeah, who scared him many times in his career. Uh -huh. The two had a match at the Royal Rumble, in which Boogeyman won. Believe it or not, Boogeyman wrestled Booker T at a WrestleMania. Boogeyman wrestled Booker wrestled T at, Booker at, a, at, a at a WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. And won or no? You'll have did to wait and that? see. You'll have oh, to wait geez. and see. I'm gonna surprise you on that. Right, yeah, um, so um, his next opponent was Bobby Lashley. I'm not sure if you've oh, seen Bobby yeah. Lashley. I remember, before. I remember yeah. Bobby Lashley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've... He's back now. He's he's now WWE champion as of this recording. That's... So, what? Yes. He came back. He left for years and is back. And he feuded with Brock oh. Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. That's who wrestled Brock Lesnar against uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, right. So, wow. J again, JBL trying to help new talent, push talent, getting up, using his heel persona. Because not, um, every, not, every, every not every wrestler can probably do that, lift up yeah. new character, new new wrestlers, you know, instead of themselves, you know? Yeah. And the character JBL was a great, you know, uh, antithesis, you know, great uh, opposition for a, a young good guy to, to be, you know? So from right. there he would face Chris Benoit. Oh, wow. um, he, he would uh, still have Jillian Hall involved and she got fired at a part of his consultant. Um, then JBL wound up winning the United States championship. Um, and then he challenged for the world heavyweight champ championship while still being United States champion. So JBL trying to defeat then world champion, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was world champion at this time. He won it at WrestleMania. Wow. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure in a few that. weeks. So, um, it was now JBL and Ray with now Ray, the world champion with JBL again, trying to win back the WWE title. Um, so, uh, it wound up being that Rey Mysterio, would face off against any opponent of JBL's choosing a part of the storyline, uh, which Mysterio was defeated by Mark Henry and then well, squashed by the great, great Khali in, in non-title singles matches. Um, 
but then it wound up Mysterio won and retained the title by pinning JBL at Judgment Day that year. And then JBL lost the U.S. title to Bobby Lashley, so losing that title as well, again, pushing other talent over. This is kind of was the end of JBL's full-time active in-ring career, in a way. It was starting to, to, to drift down. So it, start, it started in, what, 2004, 2004, and it ended, start ending, what, were 2007? Six to seven, yeah. Okay. He was with WWE for years prior, yeah, of course. I know, like the, yeah, the JBL, so, car- the JBL yes, exactly. character, though. Yeah, okay. yep. So on the May 26th episode of SmackDown, we said JBL lost to Bobby Lashley. He also lost another attempt at the world title against Ray after that. Um, then stating beforehand that he would quit SmackDown if he lost the match, in which he did lose in the crowd doing the na 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 hey hey goodbye to JBL. Right, yeah. um, and then JBL later stated that he did not have a formal contract with Teddy Long going into the match so that he didn't intend to leave SmackDown, try to back out of it using the contract language. Um, this was done to give JBL time off due to a serious back injury. Injuries started piling up for him, you know, back right, injuries sure. and, and, and such. So um, at the next one night stand, because they had a sequel to one night stand. So it wasn't a one night stand for ECW. <laughs> you know, um, JBL announced that he would take over Taz's place at the, at, as the new color commentator for SmackDown. So this is when ECW became a third brand. They brought back ECW and made okay. it a third show. So it was Raw, really? SmackDown and ECW. The when, when was ECW on? When was it on? When was ECW on? It was on Sci-Fi. On? It was on Sci-Fi. On Sci-Fi? Yeah, Sci-Fi Channel. Jeez. We'll wow. talk about that. That's a whole other episode where, where the first thing they had was a zombie come out, you know, what? to be wow. Sci-Fi. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't okay. like the old ECW, you know? No. You, no one thought it would be. Sound. Yeah. So Taz became the commentator. He left SmackDown to go commentate ECW. And sure, JBL why not? Was brought that's in. where he's from, right? That's where yeah. Taz was from, right? And then JBL was brought in to be the new commentator on SmackDown and no one thought, no one thought JBL looking back at it. Now you could say, Oh, he'd be a great commentator, but no one thought yeah. that he would be as good as he was. Um, so um, he, he stated online and I think it was on the street.com that he was retiring from entering competition for good. He said at the time, because of his nagging injuries, he had a herniated bulging disc. Um, you know, he, he, he suffered a broken back. He said in a match in England, which caused that herniation. So, um, he wanted to transition kind of like Jesse the body did from wrestling into commentary. So right. it was short lived because JBL returned to the ring on November 13th of 2006 in the main event of a house show in Dublin, Ireland. He teamed with Mr. Kennedy, who was a great character at the time. You would have liked him. He used to announce his own, his own announcements. Uh, he would come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, that will let me have a one-off segment of, you know, uh, short-lived characters that could have been big in WWE at that time. Yeah, um, you're right. We, we probably do need a, to put an episode for just those little characters, yeah. like the Boogie So we team with Mr. Kennedy and King Booker. This is when Booker T was the king of the ring. And until you started talking like <laughs> King Booker, king right? Booker. And they, they went against the Brothers of Destruction, which was Kane and Undertaker teaming up, and Batista. So then um, in December... On an episode of SmackDown, JBL cut a promo berating Teddy Long, who was the general manager of SmackDown at the time. Remember Teddy Long? Yeah. Holla, holla, holla. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of set up possibly a new avenue for JBL. Is he going to be an in competitor? Is he going to go back to commentary? And so that then it led to um 2007 episode of SmackDown where he was announced as one of the options WWE fans could, could be able to vote for a special guest referee at Cyber Sunday. So he wound up being a guest. Uh, he lost to Stone Cold, but they kind of threw JBL in there. And he okay. kind of was thrown in sporadically. 
So he had sporadic appearances between the end of 2006 and 2007 in terms of in-ring competitor or in-ring action. And it was all because of just like injuries. He was kind of like they were yeah, just drifting away. Yeah. Right, okay. So then from 2007 for the next two years, um, he was present at the SmackDown table, uh, announcer's table for the championship match between Randy Orton and Chris Jericho at Armageddon. And during this match, Orton whipped uh, Jericho over the announcer table where JBL was uh, was seated. And then in the heat of the match, Jericho pushed JBL out of the way. The minutes later, uh, a mad JBL came in and uh, hit his boot to the head of Jericho. So JBL was in the ring wrestling. You're like, is he coming back? You know, we right, all expected right. this. Right. Um, so wound up a disqualification victory for Jericho, meaning that Orton retained the title and Jericho couldn't win the title. So that kind of led to a feud uh, where possibly JBL could be an active wrestler. So December 17th of 2007, on an episode of Raw, JBL showed up and announced that he would resume, resume his role as an active wrestler. People were shocked. We thought he was out of tired. nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. This was his last final run as an in-ring performer. So um, on December 21st, SmackDown, JBL gave a farewell address from SmackDown as he was going to Raw to wrestle, officially marking his return at the end of, Dece- at, at the end of December of that year. So uh, Jericho and, and JBL battled to disqualification at the Royal Rumble. Um, and the, the, the two had another match on Raw in which Jericho won. And then in February uh, on Raw, JBL interfered in a scheduled steel cage match between Mr. McMahon and his illegitimate son in storyline, Hornswoggle, which was <laughs> the, the, the midget leprechaun of Finley from WCW. That's a whole other character we'll, which we'll get into. I love hearing you laugh about this. So. What? And he was Mr. McMahon's illegitimate son, apparently, right? Oh, man. So, yeah, you um, know, at this time, right, as we're recording this, Mr. McMahon fired his son from uh, WWE, right? Shane yes. O'Mac. Yes, yes. As so, we're recording this, right? Exactly. So this led to a, a feud with Finley, or Finley at the time, known as WWE, in a Belfast brawl at WrestleMania 24 the two fought against each other um because technically it wound up that finley was hornswoggle's real dad and vince mcmahon wasn't or whatever the storyline and it wound up being that um <laughs> it wound up being that the two That's battled funny. yeah so he defeated finley in that match mm-hmm. at wrestlemania 24 jbl's first championship bid since returning came against randy orton for the championship in a fatal four-way elimination match at, um, at Backlash, which also included John Cena and Triple H. Um, JBL was eliminated in the match first by tapping out. So again, didn't win the world title, but went for it. Um, Cena defeated JBL at Judgment Day. So their feud from SmackDown went over to Raw, you know, cool. now with a more established John Cena. Right. Um, they had a match at the next One Night Stand. So there was three one-night stands, one-night stand after another in a first Jeez. blood match. Um, he managed to defeat Cena in New York, in a New York City parking lot brawl at the Great American Bash. Um, he would con- continue to pursue the world title after that. His next on-screen rivalry, rivalry was with CM Punk, AEW oh, CM I, Punk. I, I, yeah. I know CM Punk again. Never saw him wrestle, but I've, I've That's a whole I've other episode him. as well. Yes. Wow. Um, so this was kind of because CM Punk is straight edge. 
So JBL was kind of pushing the straight edge storyline, berating him for being straight edge, you know, yeah. you need a drink, you know, that whole thing, you know, making fun of him because he's straight edge. So um, they had a few back and forth. Um, despite dominating most of the match, JBL will lose uh, the match against Punk at SummerSlam in which Punk hit his infamous go to sleep. That's his finisher move. GTS, go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so on September 7th at Unforgiven, JBL faced Batista again, Kane, Randy Orton, and Chris Jericho um, in a championship scramble match for the world title. Uh, Jericho went on to win the match and the world heavyweight championship. Not JBL again, another opportunity, wow. but didn't win. Um, and then at No Mercy in October, JBL was defeated by Batista in a number one contender match for the world title. Again, JBL pushing, pushing other guys. guys. He's losing, he's losing yeah. a lot. He's losing a yeah. lot. But he's so good, it didn't matter. You still it thought he matter. could win at any time and he wow. st- still become champion. Then in November of t- 2008, um, he had an on-screen rivalry with HBK, Shawn Michaels, because Shawn Michaels was back active wrestling at this time. Um. The storyline was Shawn Michaels lost his family's personal savings due to the the, <laughs> the, the global financial crisis in 2008. Okay, all right, uh, I'll buy that. Sure. And he wound up becoming JBL's employee, so it was JBL HBK was was yes, hi- yes. hired. That's yes. funny. Yeah. That's funny. So after failing to secure JBL the World Heavyweight Championship against John Cena at the Royal Rumble, uh, again John H- Cena, right? Again, yes, HBA. Yep, HBK agreed to take part in an all-or-nothing match at No Way Out, in which Sean won the match after his wife, who was watching the audience, punched JBL in the face, and HBK planted the sweet chin music on him. So this ended the employment link between the two, and Michael right. still received the full payment owed to him, you know, thus making him whole and not losing all his money. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So in March, fast forward the next uh, wrapping up 2008. But it's not to interrupt you again, but that's again yeah. JBL losing yet again. Exactly. Yep. Pushing even the, the older guy, Shawn Michaels. Right. So in March, uh, 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 an episode in March of 2009, JBL defeated CM Punk to win the Intercontinental Championship. People were surprised. They thought Punk was going to go on to WrestleMania with the title. Right. So JBL wow. won the Intercontinental Championship. It was surprising. So he became at that time the 10th Grand Slam champion and the 20th Triple Crown champion. So that means winning all major titles in WWE. He won them all. Yeah. JBL at that time, won yes. Every yes. single title available at the yes. available. From the US to the wow. Intercontinental to the world title to the Hardcore. tag team title. Hardcore, right? Is that hardcore? Yes. That yes. Yeah. That so um, he held the title for a month after losing the championship at WrestleMania 25 against Rey Mysterio in 21 seconds. He Ray lost beat to Ray JBL in 21, 21 seconds. seconds? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I kind of told you this last week. So after the match, JBL grabbed the microphone and said, I quit. And the next day he announced his retirement um, on his, they had the WWE Universe blog. It was like their Facebook. They created the WWE Universe, but he announced okay. his retirement after that match. So he kind of ushered Ray in, gave Ray the props, you know, right. and losing in 21 seconds, you know, right. and the yeah. pouty bad guy says, I quit. I quit. Yep. So he had sporadic appearances. He, you know, he lost a lot of matches, right? Yeah. Well, you know, so that was his last final run on Raw. So he had the f- runs in SmackDown, which made him a star, had yeah. the run on Raw. And then he made his return to WWE um, in 2011 um, as Michael Cole's choice of special guest referee for his match against Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania 27. This is when Michael Cole was a bad guy commentator. Michael Cole. And ga- 
Yes, we'll go over that. Bad guy commentator. Yes, yes, and he loved. Is that even a thing? Is that even a thing? Yes, it was for a whole year. He was the bad guy commentator. You know, not the play-by-play. The the, you know, not not the not the um, uh, uh, you could say not the Bobby Heenan role. You know, right. Not the color, right. but the play-by-play uh, commentator. Yeah, really, that's so, funny. Um, and, and wound so, up so, Michael Cole wrestled Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania. Jerry Lawler's first ever WrestleMania match was against Michael Cole. Hold on, Jerry Lawler's first ever WrestleMania yes. match was against Michael Cole. Yes, yes, Jerry. Yes, yeah, it's what? crazy, right? <laughs> that is crazy. What? <laughs> Why? Why would he do that? Why would yeah. he? Why would Jerry Lawler even agree to do that? Right. Why? Why? Right. Like, what's the point of that? What is the point of? Because that? he got to wrestle WrestleMania, you know. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. So we'll talk about that match in more detail. We'll go into a match because we'll talk about it at that WrestleMania. Fun. No, no, you're good. No, that's fine. We'll talk about what happened with JBL at that WrestleMania because we'll have some stuff yeah. to talk about. So I won't cover that right. too much. What happened there? Um, uh, in in uh, one up that he inducted ron simmons into the 2012 hall of fame his best friend so cool cool yeah he inducted him there and then uh july jbl returned as a good guy with ron simmons at raw 1000 as the apa so they returned as the uh, apa you for, know for yeah. raw's 1000th episode yeah yes yeah wow, that's cool it, right. so they returned there together and then starting at night of champions which was Clash of Champions, they renamed Night of Champions, and now it's back to Clash of Champions. Okay. WSW's name. It's one of the few names WWE has kept on the main roster. Uh, JBL returned as a good guy, a face for the first time as the JBL persona. Because when he was oh. the APA, he was back as Bradshaw. But right. now he was, for the first time ever, a good guy as JBL You know, wow. on, on screen. Um, he sporadically filled in as color commentator, replacing Jerry Lawler, who suffered a heart attack on air. Jerry Lawler had a heart attack on air. He wrestled like live. Uh, live? Yeah, he was in, it was in a match involving Dolph Ziggler. We'll I'll teach you who that is. You know, he's yeah, like the modern right. day Shawn Michaels in a way he's been around okay. still. He's been around for 15 years almost at this point. Never so um, Dolph Ziggler's moves is giving uh, 10 straight elbow drops, you know, to the chest. Yeah. I guess it must have jolted his heart. He went back to commentate. He was commentating, wrestled and about to commentate. And he like passed out. He was dead. Basically he was dead. Holy and the medical direct, the medical doctor who now works for AEW, brought him back to life. Are you serious? Yes. That's yes. crazy. Yeah. So he was gone for a while. So JBL replaced him as a commentator on Raw. Um, so then JBL re- resigned with WWE and returned to SmackDown as the broadcast team on a full time basis. So now he was a full time commentator for for Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown. Now he came back for to SmackDown, SmackDown as a full time okay. character. So. Um, you know, he had spread, uh, you know, he was, he was on every episode as a commentator was, was really in, in, in many feuds. You know, he was a part of the commentary team at uh, pay-per-views and commentated at WrestleMania 29 that year. Um, he eventually turned back into a heel persona on the commentary table after he, he caught defending Triple H's decisions as a part of the new corporate storyline as Triple H being a part of the corporate. Gotcha. So he turned as the kind of heel of good guy jbl to now pure i root for the bad guys you know the greed wow, jbl yeah. so uh which i like him best yeah um he briefly he was uh replacing dusty Rhodes as the commissioner of nxt when nxt was in its infancy um and then 
JBL uh, criticized this new tag team, The Ascension, which was kind of like a knockoff of the Road Warriors and Demolition, you know, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. or they weren't really initially, but WWE, when they brought up from NXT to the main roster, they were acted like that, you know, gotcha. like they, they were like parodies of those type of tag teams. So they called out old tag teams. And of course, um, <laughs> who's going to show up, right? Right. Ron Simmons. So they come out with other tag teams, you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, the New Age Outlaws, all of them, all of them beat up the Ascension, basically squash these new guys from all these old guys beating them up. So sporadic appearances, JBL, um, I think a couple of years ago, stopped full-time commentating. Uh, It wound up that when they had the brand split back in 2016, JBL Mm -hmm. was commentating on SmackDown. Yeah. um, And then after he started fading out and then he, I don't know if you know more over Nalo, he was the UFC or he was Bellator. He was MMA um, commentator. Um, so he was the main play-by-play guy on SmackDown. JBL was the color guy and JBL decided to retire from active commentary. And now he does the pre-shows like he was on the pre-show for, for Rumble. So he's, still, he's still involved. You know, WrestleMania. Just... Yeah. So he does the big event pre-shows. So he's still okay. involved. You'll still see him usually on a monthly basis. Right. He's still active on television. So in total, Mike, JBL won 24 total championships, including one reign as WWE champion for nine months, we said. Wow. One reign as U.S. champion. One reign as European champion. 17 reigns as hardcore champion. One-time Intercontinental champion. And three reigns as World Tag Team champion. So he's wow. recognized as the 20th Triple Crown champion and the 12th Grand Slam champion. So, And he went to the Hall of Fame this past year. Oh, he did? Yes, he, he's he's in the Hall of Fame as yes, JBL last year. Yes. Wow. Wow. So, what are your thoughts? I'm, I he's like my new favorite wrestler. Like, it's like Chris Jericho, Harker Holly, JBL. Right. I'm gonna have to have like, like a list. Sudden, right. I'm gonna have to have a list of wrestlers I've watched and loved to watch, and then wrestlers I love but I never got to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, JBL's on the course. top of that list right now. JB, I always liked Bradshaw, but I never thought he was, he was Bradshaw, right? He was just yeah. Bradshaw. And now that he's like, you know, he's a 20 time, he's he, he, he's a 20th wrestler to win every title. Like, really? Yeah. Brad, that's amazing. That's, Isn't it? It's amazing to me. It blows my mind. And here's his speech. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And if I can be serious for just one moment this was like in front of no fans just the screens out there it was the pandemic that feels oh, it was the pandemic hall of fame them. yeah or to anybody out there who thinks that i've said something to them in the dressing room and and made them feel bad i would like to say from the bottom of my heart cry me a river snowflake <laughs> JBL, i don't apologize to anybody i'm going to the hall of fame because i am who i say that i am and i am hey wrestling god wow it would have been nice for him to be in front of an audience you know but yeah so jbl hall of famer you know wow. it's a great career yeah, you know, really, from, like a total, from, like two different careers, really, two different careers. Oh yeah, it's 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 two different people in a way, but you, it really he's is such a great talker, and to this day, you'll still hear him talk on the on those pre shows, you know, and and he's a great right. analyst, you know, he gives that to me. I feel like it's like the NFL having a quarterback, 
give anal you know analyzing yeah, right. you know yeah, what's yeah. happening yeah, and that he has that that effect well I, I i am blown away by his career literally blown away by it like so me is just that's really cool really amazing to watch big big fan of jbl this point. what ron you know means to me or my career wrap up with this segment of me at a time when i was kind of wavering the apa talking about their special bond and friendship he was kind of preparing me for that. And I don't know how much that debt is. I can't repay it. But the so Farouk was saying he was going to do all that stuff. had that opportunity to have been with someone that you care about and want to see them go on. Look at those clotheslines. Clotheslines from the... Clotheslines from the depths of Texas. <laughs> I'm happy. For 242 Wow, look at that. John Bradshaw Layfield has been champion. I love that character. He's a good character. A one of the best. One of my favorite characters. Don't learn how to be a man from a lot of people. And if he was wrestling to this day, I think my kids would love him. I think. Right. Love to hate him. But he certainly taught me how to become a better person and be a man. There's no doubting anything about Ron. He was all about fairness. He's all about equality. Ron is one of the best guys I've ever met. They're showing right now uh, the clips from his Hall of Fame, Ron Simmons Hall of Fame induction. Been a bigger influence on me than Ron Simmons. Best man at their weddings. Really wild. Oh, yeah, when you're tag team, you know, you, you spend yeah. most of the time wrestling. They drive around the road. Yeah. He was much yeah. bigger than the APA, but I can tell you I wasn't. The greatest thing that ever happened to me in this life that's Dolph Ziggler just showed was one thing I didn't know who that, that was. was Ron Simmons and I wanted to be able to live up to that moment of history and so I was nervous about it I wanted to make sure I did a good job and show Ron the respect that he deserved I've never done anything greater than this and I doubt I ever will but I want you to welcome the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame the first African-American heavyweight champion my best friend Ron Simmons. I said that there were very few things, man, that could match me becoming world champion. Well, let me just say this. Being tagged up with Bradshaw and the APA is right there. Just like that. Growing up, I'd often wondered what it would have been like to have been the best in voice, the same right? household. Oh, the deep voice? Well, Sorry. that chapter was filled when I partnered with Bradshaw. Yeah, see, he's emotional. He made up yeah. me, man. You know, something that I'd always wondered what that was like to have a brother with you to come up to have fun with, man, and talk about the good times as well as the bad, to share things with, you know. They were great, too, as APA. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. They went from, like, these dark characters, part of the Undertaker's ministry, to yeah. beer drinking you know, bodyguards. Yeah, that was great. Yes, we'll, we'll beat up whoever you want. Yeah, that was, that was a great, great, great line. Well, so that just know, shows right there, you know? I feel like, uh, I feel that uh, I definitely have learned quite a bit. After you scratch your arms like crazy just now. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> this this microphone picks up everything. Everything is a microphone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really do feel have a closure on, on, on what Bradshaw's career was. Uh, 
from you know his I would say I'm gonna call it his second career because his first career was it was. Was, a, yeah. was APA that I knew him as APA. That was his first career for me. Yeah. And the fact that he had a whole other career after <laughs> APA that was became became a Hall of Fame career. Like Bradshaw as the wrestler, I would not say it was a Hall of Fame career before he was before he was JBL, yeah, right? No, JBL made him a Hall of Famer. Yes. JBL made him a Hall of Famer. And and yes, I think absolutely. that was that, that I'm, I'm I'm still like still in awe and like shock of and amazing how that how that was. How his Maybe was. they would have been in the Hall of Fame as a team as APA possibly, but yeah, I don't think you know singly he would have less without that JBL character. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, he would just you know he's just regular, regular just character Bradshaw. But yeah, and, I, and I, that was even so we talked about the. Yep, we we talked about uh, well, right now. We're, uh, while while we're recapping, I like to show videos to Mike. This is just a compilation of clotheslines from Hell. It's J- John Bradshaw Leifield clothesline from Hell compilation '96 to '09, just so we could see some clips as we're talking about them. We mentioned this earlier about Hall of Fame in baseball. You know, would you induct somebody into the Hall of Fame as a player as opposed to being a manager? Right? You know, they can right, we're just talking they, about another, separate another episode. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. I think even taking out his wrestling, I may dare say he could have been inducted on his commentary alone because you don't get to hear it much. You will as we go on, but he was a great yeah. commentator too. So he's got really a three different careers here. Like he yeah. had the Bradshaw oh, yeah. career, APA four APA career, yes, JBL career, and then yeah. and then really the JBL yeah. commentary. Yeah. And just I'll, I'll end on this for JBL. He was he's the one that started the tribute for the troops. You know that they do to this day. They oh, don't really? go to Afghanistan now, you know, or, you know, overseas. They do it, you know, at military air bases during okay. the holiday time. But he got it organized to do shows for troops because he used to go with Brett with uh, with um, Farouk and they would they would go visit the troops. And he got it set up to where WWE did shows and perform for the troops and they still do it to this day. So that, that's, that's his cool. legacy as well. Yeah. I think after watching all these clotheslines, Billy Gunn sells it the best. Like Fantastic. I think Billy, Billy yes. Gunn sells everyone. He sells everyone's finishing move. I mean, don't you? Oh, would you say that for a big? He's huge. Billy Gunn is huge, a huge guy. Huge, huge guy, and he huge sells guy. that clothesline. Yes, like like better than anybody I've seen so far here. Huge guy. Um, when I show you more Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler's a great seller, you know, yeah. but. Um, Billy Gunn. I knew you were going to say that because I knew you'd like Billy Gunn. You know, I do. His, uh, his clothesline. So yeah. that's JBL. So that's the closure. I feel close. I feel closure on JBL's career, and I'm really a big fan of JBL. I'm going. I really am a big fan. Big fan. Great. Excellent. So as we wrap up, I know we went longer than it. I always tell Mike well, we should wrap this up rather quickly, but my six pages of notes, you know, on JBL's <laughs> career, looking at videos, reminiscing, talking about other characters like the Boogeyman. And Hornswoggle. Right. Um, anyone you want to know where they are before we wrap up? When we were when we were watching I, and we were talking, I thought, you know, I would like you know, what happened to Mr. Man's Mr. McMahon's character, but that might be for another thing. That might that's be a whole, too, yeah, that's a whole that might be thing. Yeah. What about Gold Dust? Is well, Gold, what is what is Gold Dust doing? Well, Gold Dust currently he's working for AEW as Dustin Rhodes. He's working with his brother brother the Cody. Actual, is he's actually like the Gold Dust character? No, that's WWE's character. He is w, okay. Dustin Rhodes because Dustin right. Rhodes he was prior. You know that's not trademarked by WWE. 
Um, so he's so he's when, when, still when do you wrestling. last recall? I mean, we, that's a whole separate episodes too. You know, is it really but, okay? Yeah, because he has a lot of ups and downs in his career. So right, yeah. I love but I can show you briefly. Gold dust. You know, uh, right now he still paints his face half. You know, to kind of tribute to the Goldust character in a way, but but not, you know, um, Goldust exactly. Yeah. So um, he came back. He left WWE. He wanted to be released. It was towards the end of his contract. WWE let him go. And then he showed up at AEW, you know, and him, well, their first big event that they had, um, double or nothing, it was Cody against Dustin, brother versus brother. So, oh, wow. so this was this was his first time outside the Goldust character, you know, modern was he day. Was just going by his name? He was just going by Dustin Rose? Dustin Rose, Rose. yes. So if, if you notice, his, I'm showing him a clip of the match right now for those listening. Um Dustin had a similar gold dust outfit, but he wanted to cut off the sleeve to show some of his tattoos. So it wasn't identical to gold dust, but did right. have the spirit of gold dust. And that's why he painted it, yeah, his face sure. half. I would say, yeah, I would say, yeah. So it's like half gold dust, half Dustin in WCW. Right. So, and he still wrestles to this day. He trains, um, you know, uh, athletes. He's a part of the nightmare family, which is Cody's nickname. Like Dusty Rhodes was the American dream. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is the American nightmare. That's his nickname. So the opposite. Uh, so he, so he wants to be opposite of his dad. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, Dustin trains wrestlers and, and is a, is a producer and agent and trainer for, for AEW now. Um, but we'll go into more detail. I don't want to go over what happened because he had a lot of ups and downs. He has, but he had a battle with addiction. He went okay. to TNA wrestling, you know, he was at a low point in life. Uh, All right. We could play some stories about him because he had a rough time. WWE brought him back and he had a resurgence as gold dust. Did he really? Um, he, he was a, uh, he had a character that had Tourette's. Oh jeez! <laughs> so that's other elements. So he of had, he dust, had two yeah. runs as Gold Dust in WWE. Three, in a way, three full time runs. runs. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the initial one, you know, him leaving, him going to TNA, right, um, and then being signed and then let go and re-signed again. You know, and he was there up until he went to AEW back in 2019. Right. Um, and huh. we'll go into more detail about where he is. Okay, so, cool. Wow. All right. So he's still he's still relevant then to today. Yes. Oh yeah, to this day. Wow. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, right. To me, some people say he's even better today. He's still 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 can move. He's doing moves that he hasn't done as Gold Dust back in the nineties, as really? you see in this match. So. Huh. Yeah. So we'll talk more about cool. more about Gold Dust Dustin Rhodes in a separate episode. Yeah, At least you like know where Gold he is Dust. now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Happy. So I think Closed. next week. Yeah, partial closure because we'll tell you about what yeah. happened, what led to this. Now he's in a great spot, but he had right. some rough years. Door, door um, jar, door jar. Yes, I like that. Door jar. Um, so next week, before we cover WrestleMania 21, we'll introduce to you the first couple years of John Cena's career. Yes. From That's gonna be fun. we'll cover what led up to WrestleMania 20, where he beat, which he beat the Big Show for the United States title through his run, where he defeated JBL, which we just discussed. Right. At WrestleMania 21 up until we'll talk the next year after that. I think that first portion of John Cena's right, he's got we're gonna career. say we, we said he was gonna he's got two parts of, of two parts. Oh, well, he's, of John. he's got more than that. We got we got like five parts probably of John Cena <laughs> oh, no. cover because he was the guy you're talking 15 years of a career on as the top guy. You said that's, that's longer than longer than Hulk Hogan, Hogan right? longer said. than Austin, longer than Bret Hart, long you know, yeah, right. as the top guy, top guy, you know, longer than Rock. I was going to say Austin, it's longer than Rock, too. Yeah, because wow. Rockwell had a f- only a couple of years on top, you know, before he went to the, the movies. Yeah. John Cena, for over a decade, was the guy 
in WWE. He was the face. Know? He was the face, yeah. right? He, he was, was the, the face, face of the And now Roman Reigns is, but yeah, he's the face. Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I don't know nothing. I don't know anything about Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's that's later on. That we'll, we'll cover this yeah. stuff first. Let's lay the right. groundwork for the Shield and Roman Reigns. So exciting. A lot, lot more to cover. So, so next next episode we will cover the early early years of John Cena's career in WWE. Cool. From him training to his first major championships. So, looking forward to it. Remember, my fellow wrestling fans, you can connect to us socially on Instagram at You Still Watch Wrestling Podcast on Twitter at Still Wrestling, and send us direct mail and feedback at you still watch wrestling at gmail.com. You can find our podcast on Amazon music, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and anywhere that you find popular podcasts. And you dig it. sucker. Yeah, Mike, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week as we cover the new face of the ruthless aggression era, right? The beginning of the ruthless. You know, aggression. Yeah. A good compliment for that for fans that don't know. I'm sure a lot of you do know this already because you're hardcore wrestling fans. If you're listening to this, or maybe you're, you're the, you're the laps fan like Mike, there's a, a series on Peacock, um, the WWE network through Peacock known as the ruthless aggression era where they, they go over this time frame in WWE's history, okay. what happened after the attitude era. Oh, cool. So that's a good compliment to what we're discussing to this day. So I recommend if you want to watch that to to, to relive some of the other storylines around this era. But he was the face of the company for, for years and years. So we'll discuss his wow. early years in the next episode. Cool. Until then, we're out of time. Thank you for listening to this episode in its entirety. If you have any questions or would like to follow our projects, please join us on Instagram at Let's All Rewatch the Movies and on Twitter at Let's All Rewatch. We answer all our messages, so don't hesitate to reach out.